Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's episode is with someone I just called a legend. His name is Tristan White. Now Tristan White is the CEO of the PhysioCo, a unique healthcare business that in 2014 ranked as the number one list of best place to work in Australia. And he's been one of the um, foremost leaders in, in a lot of business in, in, in the culture there and in the country there. But what we're talking about today is how to create a thriving company culture, how to go and build a world-class culture and why really culture is everything. So welcome to the show, Tristan. Teo, thank you for the introduction. It's fantastic to be here with you. Oh, the pleasure is mine. First of all, how is the weather like there in Australia right now? So in Australia right now, it's 7 a.m. in the morning. We're in what we call autumn or fall, and uh, it is a crystal clear uh, but very cool morning right here. Uh-huh. Cool morning. Cool morning. You guys are in fall. I mean, I'm currently in New York City, and we are experiencing what we call spring here. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's on the opposite end of the things. But Tristan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how you got started and why you're passionate about what you do right now. Yeah. So Teo, the important part of my story, the, the backstory is that I, I am a qualified physical therapist. And I, so I went to, went to um, physiotherapy school, as we call it here in Australia. And I, at the start of my career, I had this this idea, this 10-year dream that I thought that I would finish uh, physiotherapy school, I would start working in, in, a, in the large teaching hospitals, and I would slowly build my skills and experience until I could work in the sports medicine and sports physiotherapy area. And, uh, and hopefully, as my career progressed, I'd, I'd get to work. I'd be the head physiotherapist for this, my favorite team in the Australian Football League, who are the mighty Richmond Tigers. And, uh, and Teo, that was my early dream in my career. Huh. And so I finished. And, and you know what? Where I've ended up versus where I thought I was going to end up is very, very different. 
and and so uh, let me let me tell you how that's uh, sort of progressed. And the thing is, at the end of my college degree, even though I my head was telling me I needed to go into the large hospital system to to learn my craft, uh, I'd spent two years training in the large hospital system. And when it got it came to actually applying for jobs and, and thinking of where to work there, I just couldn't stomach it. I just couldn't I couldn't cope with the idea that that's where my my would be a very, very constrained environment for me. And of course, hospitals have got heaps of rules and and lots of um, lots of things that need to be done, and it just didn't suit my personality. And so I skipped forward on my career plan a little bit, and uh, I started working in a, in a sports practice where I was working with amateur and elite junior athletes. And as a physical therapist, I was helping them to to get from probably the, in the in the grand scheme of things, their life they were ninety percent healthy. Get that, that extra 10% to be able to run faster, jump higher, tackle harder. And, um, and Teo, I spent the first year of my career thinking thinking that I was on the way to this dream career as a sports physiotherapist and, and working as hard as I could to build my skill, my communication skills, my rapport building, uh, all those things that, that, are, that are required to start a career. But, a big but, that uh, towards the end of that first year, I had this huge conflict, and, and that was that my head was was absolutely focused on this career direction, but my heart wasn't in it. I uh, I was not getting great satisfaction out of what I describe now, and I, I never said this at the time, but when I look back years later, I realised what I was doing was helping healthy people become even healthier. And, and when I reflect on that, it wasn't. I didn't think that I was going to get great satisfaction out of doing it for my for the next 10, 15, 20 years of my career. And so, Teo, at that point, I, I did. I threw back the keys to the to the company car that came with that first job, and I moved back home with my parents. And and so, after five years of, of university, uh, I, for my of my career, I had no job and no real direction as to where I was headed, and it was a really tough time. And uh, but what I did during that time when I was I was back. Uh, at my parents' place, where I reflected on what was really important to me, where I got some real uh, satisfaction from my job, and also where I thought healthcare was headed in the, in the next decade. And it was at that point that, that I realised that I actually like working with, with elderly folk, with older people in aged care homes and retirement villages. And for a young 24-year-old uh, Australian bloke, who told the world that he was going to go and work in the sexy world of sports medicine to think that I was going to work in some uh, uh, dark and possibly smelly aged care homes was a huge hit to my ego. And Teo, I, I just I didn't really tell anyone. I was so I was so embarrassed that I sheepishly started working in one small aged care home in the northern suburbs of Melbourne here in Australia. And but that's that small aged care home was where I really felt a connection with the thirty elderly clients that were living there, and I helped them to to walk better, to to be to be more safer, to be more mobile, and I felt a real connection to them and their families. And so, Taylor, that was in two thousand and four. I had this part time job, twelve hours per week. By the end of that first year, I had about I was visiting about four or five of these aged care homes. I had a full time job for myself. I, I then. Uh, had no other option in in my mind was there's more elderly people to help that I can possibly do myself. I started employing some uh, some part time physical therapists to help me out, 
and and, uh, and that is when the Physio Co was born, and and so that's the starting point, Teo. But if we then quickly flick forward to where we are today, which is now 13 years later, we have more than 100 team members who deliver over 200,000 consultations to Australian seniors in aged care homes, retirement villages, and their own homes. And uh, and that's something that we're I'm pretty proud of, and, and that's the the short version of the uh, of the career journey so far. That's an incredible story, and it's incredible for several reasons. You know, you had the glamorous career, you had that fast track where you had the company car, and you realized that your head and your heart were in the same place. So you decided to be brave enough to step out, but at the same time, you dealt with that insecurity of not, you know, feeling fulfilled as society will will tell you that you know like hey this guy you're doing this now and i i guess for me the question i have is what do you have to tap into as a human being to be able to deal with that embarrassment and still follow your passions because a lot of the listeners today right now they're generally in the millennial generation my generation and some even younger but they are wrestling with that passion and staying in the job that they hate, but some of them don't feel like they have enough to jump. What do you have to tap into to jump? Yeah, so, so Teo, the, the important thing, and so uh, to, to really deep dive into that, I, I was embarrassed. I was really embarrassed about, about my move, and I, I didn't tell anyone. And, and, and when my mates started finding out that I was working in, in aged care, they're like, what the hell are you doing? Why, why are you working with these, these elderly people? It, it's... Uh, it's it's not for you, or and um. But what they were really saying, Tao, when they were saying it's not for you, they were saying it wasn't for them, and mm-hmm. and, and that's a really important dis- distinction that they would put, put in their own bias and their own and their own thoughts and their own embarrassment um, in in my direction, and um and so and, and you know what a decade a decade on uh, when I've got a, a a growing business that does something that I think is really quite useful in the world and that's helping elderly people uh, I feel those mates who gave me a hard time in the early days are like yeah you know what Tristan that aged care thing it's sort of turned out alright hasn't it and uh, and we we sort of have a have a bit of a, a joke and a laugh but but um but Taylor, to answer your question the answer is for me is a critical part. Is, is to be uh, reflect deeply and really understand what's important to yourself. And when, when you think you understand what's important to yourself, and um, because we never really know, it's always an evolution and a continued um, a continued reflection. But but it's important to to be bold enough and to be brave enough to try something and to stick it out. It, it's important that we do give something, give it a period of time. And I'm talking one, two, a couple of years to, to really focus on trying to, to get satisfaction. It's impossible to make an impact um, in a career and in a life in a few months or, or, um, or less than a year. And I think that a lot of millennials uh, are really focused on making an impact, which is a, such a, a noble and a grand thing to do, but, uh, but it does take some time. And so I think patience is a, is a critical uh, idea that people need to, need to try and um, improve upon. Yeah, no, I love that patience, uh, having foresight that there is a long-term vision and what you're doing now will work towards that. You know, I think a lot of people do overestimate what they can do in a year, but they underestimate what they can do in 10 years. Uh, someone had told that to me before in the podcast, and I think that's so true. And I think if you put that into perspective, it even shows in your career where, you know, if you were looking at your career from a year with a year's view, you probably would have been like, ah, if I'm not doing this by now, I should quit. But if you now look back, 
you connect the dots, you can see how everything had to happen for you to get to where you are now. Yeah, it'll tell you for sure. And and you know what, we'll, we'll get into the company culture stuff in a, in a little bit, but just to touch on that for a second, there's some great research. It's it's not recent research. It's 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 very um, it's been around for a while. But um, but Jim Collins in his research for uh, for the book Good to Great, which researched some really amazing organisations that sustained for the long term, he came up with this concept that it takes between ten and thirty years for an organisation to to really scale and really do something really useful and really valuable in the world over the long term. And ten to thirty years is a, is feels like a freaking lifetime, yeah. uh, but but that's the that's the reality. And so um so from my career and in in the way that we go about building a great organisation, we sort of have this north star, this ten year obsession that we're headed. But then of course we break it down and break it backwards. So we've got some more shorter term um, goals that we can we can obsess over. And um, and then, but most importantly, hopefully achieve them and celebrate them and have some fun along along the journey as well. Because it's not a ten to thirty year um, boring drag. It's supposed to be a ten to thirty year exciting journey where you, where you learn new things and become the best version of yourself you possibly can. Absolutely, my friend. Learn how to embrace the journey, and then the destination will be all the more uh, worth it. So the journey is very, very, very important. You highlighted the company culture there a little bit, and yes. I do want to focus on that for quite a bit to talk to me about how to create that thriving company culture. You're someone that's done that with your company and a lot of people listening would be interested. Yeah, sure. So, so Teo, just perhaps, perhaps at the starting point, I'll say why, why I think um, building a thriving company culture is so important. And, and, and to be frank, there's, there's two parts of it. Uh, one of it is extremely selfish, Teo, and that is that I want to work at a great place to work and I want to work in a place that inspires me and is surrounded by fantastic people and building a strong culture is one way to really make that happen. And, and that's a, a very, very selfish reason. Secondly, uh, I think that if we're going to um, employ other people, we have an absolute obligation to make it the best workplace we can be. Uh, otherwise, why on earth would anyone exchange their time for your money to work with you if you um if you don't make it the best workplace possible, and so the, they are the real purpose behind building a strong culture from my perspective, and and it's also uh, I think it's it's critical that we we understand that culture really is everything, and so Teo, the Physio Co, the business I'm very proud to um to operate, uh, has been one of Australia's best places to work in the top fifty places for the last eight years, and and along the way. People ask me, how do you do it? How do you guys create a strong culture? And I used to answer this in a long, un, very unclear way as to how to build a strong culture. It made sense to me. It didn't make sense to anyone else. And so what, what I've done is to really systemize and to, to make it, break it down into a way that I can communicate better. I've turned uh, the physio culture building system into something we call the culture is everything system. And it has four secrets world-class culture is the um, is how it's broken down. And so the four secrets to building a, a world-class culture is firstly, discover the core to really have a clear foundation for the organisation. It's secondly, to document the future, meaning have a very clear view on the vision as to where you're headed. Thirdly, it's about executing relentlessly and no business, organisation or culture is created without day after day after day of relentless execution. And lastly, 
while you are executing relentlessly in a, in a, in a tough way, but in an exciting way, you need to show more love. And the fourth part is showing more love to the people you work with, your clients, your potential clients, your suppliers, and the entire environment around you. And so when those four key areas, the four secrets of building a world-class culture are embedded in an organization and a team is living them, that, that is the framework that, that I put in place and that I believe is, is, the, is, is the case that any organization can build a really strong culture. Wow. Yeah. No, and that's so true. I, I love the fact that – I love the documentation part and showing love. I think those are, are so key. I think – too many people underestimate the power of what it is to express some form of gratitude, some form of love to the people you work with. And you never know how that goes a long way. And uh, I'm glad that you highlighted that. Yeah. And, and Tao, it's um, so just to, to summarize the system is the culture is everything system, the four secrets of a world class culture. And then to really help break it down even more practical, practically, I've actually created a, a checklist, which is which is, has. Uh, 19 steps to building a great place to work mm. and these are the 19 steps that we have in um, in our organization and and these these four secrets and the checklist are all available freely available um, on, on my website which we'll happily share with the with everyone to uh, to access these tools to understand how they can build a great place to work because hey the world needs more great places to work absolutely yeah and please yeah let me know and I'll put that in the show notes for sure I appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing mm-hmm. that okay um, so that's those are the four four things for company culture, and you put the nineteen. We'll put the nineteen um, tips there in the show notes. But scalability, you know, you went from twenty to one hundred employees. What did you mm-hmm. do to get there? I feel like it's a different mindset to go from twenty to one hundred. Yeah, look, Tao, it entirely is. And um, I was at a crisis. Um, I so the physio co started. I told you the startup story. Um, we, uh, we started employing some people, and then about it took a while. In five years later, I, I had about a team of approximately twenty team members. They all reported to me, and uh, and I was at the, at the five year mark. I now call it the fiftieth struggle because I was completely stuck um, in becoming instead of being a a a, a hands on physical therapist, I'd become a manager of people. And I was not leading on managing them well. Effectively, I'd been a, become a supervisor because I I was receiving phone calls all day and, and into the night because I hadn't empowered, I hadn't trained, empowered, and tra- and um and really let go of the reins to help people do do fantastic work around me. And so at that point, Teo, I had two choices. Well, I thought I had two choices. One was to uh, to to think this, and it wasn't. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
for me, or secondly, find a better way, figure it out, and decide how we're gonna how we're gonna scale this thing. And um, I'm not really into quitting, Teo. So I opted for the uh, the find a better way solution. And this is the point where I discovered this idea of a values based business. And um, uh, I, I read a book called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits by Vern Harnish. I discovered the great work that Jim Collins did in his uh, Good to Great Research, and and I also connected with some two great people, including Cameron Herald, who is a uh, a business coach from uh, from the US, and also uh, I connected with Tony Tony Shea from Zappos, who is uh, clearly a leader in the in the culture world, and, and with all that learning from those uh, those masters. What what I did was I, I discovered the core purpose of our organisation. Why why did our organisation exist? And and there were various iterations of this, but we finally settled on the fact that the Physio Co exists to help seniors stay mobile, safe, and happy. The Physio Co exists to help seniors stay mobile, safe, and happy. Is the why why we exist? And then we discovered four core values: the behaviours that that would that define the way we go about our work at the Physio Co and the way that we can empower our team members to, to have a list of core values that, that hopefully that allows them to answer their challenges and questions along the day and, and, and be out there to make great decisions and to get on with doing the job without having to check, check, check with, with me every time that there is something a little bit out of the ordinary. And so the starting point was the core purpose and core values, which is the discover the core part of the four secrets of a world-class culture. And the next thing that we did Teo was we documented the future and and so using Jim Collins's research and this idea of a, a very long-term vision we set what we call a 10-year obsession which is part of the the, um, the document the future part of the cultures everything um, system and the 10-year obsession for the physio co that we set in 2009 was to deliver 2 million consultations to Australian seniors by the 31st of December 2018 uh, which was a huge goal. It meant that we would need to grow at 35% year on year on year on year wow. for 10 years in a row from a starting point of, uh, of delivering 40,000 consult. So a 20-person team delivering 40,000 consultations per year was our starting point. And if you you do the maths on 40,000 per year for 10 years, gets you to 400,000. Uh, we, we're talking about scaling up significantly to uh, over a 10-year period to get to the 2 million consults. And so Taya, they were the, that was the critical bit of getting the foundation of the core in place and then um, really embedding and, and, and being so committed to that core purpose and core values that they are in. I use those core values and core purpose in my conversations every single day. They're used in um, advertising, in recruitment, in selection, in um, performance appraisals, in reward and recognition, in everything we do. And um, and with the vision, we had this ten year obsession, but uh, but of course ten years is far too long for, for most people to to be able to focus on. So we break it down into three year increments and uh, what we call a three year painted picture visions, and we use that to communicate with our team steps in where we're headed. And as an example, uh, the first painted picture vision of 2012, which took us from that starting point of 2009 to the first base camp along the way to 2012. Um, some of the goals were to grow from 20 people to 50 people, to grow from 
40,000 consultations um, per year to 100,000 consultations per year and to grow from the 37th best place to work in Australia into the top 10 of Australia's best places to work. And we obsessed over those visions um, and those goals and we, um, we updated our team on a regular basis. And the result was that we did achieve all of those three um, big goals, which mean we'd hit the base camp, we're on the way to the 10-year mission. We reset. Firstly, we had a party and celebrated. Of course, we have to celebrate the, uh, the successes. But then we reset and we put the next three-year set of goals in place and we obsess and we continue to move forward. And, um, and Teo, so to answer your question, we did a hell of a lot of, round of, a lot of work around discovering what's important to us and then documenting the future uh, so that we can then scale and move, and move in that direction. Does that answer your question in some ways? <laughs> yes, it does. It does. I, I love the detail you put into that, uh, for sure. No, and and you know, hearing your story, it's it's fascinating to me because you can see that it it's so process driven. But you had to change your mindset several times, and you had to commit to learning some new skills. And I think that's really important for entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs is understanding that. The road is not a straight line. There'll be ups and downs and it becomes you having that firm foundation of why you're doing what you're doing in the first place, because that will be tested. And then, you know, along the way, if you, if you don't adapt, you might fall to the wayside and it doesn't look like you did that. So that's good. Well, Teo, we get, we get tested every day and yeah. we have to have our eye. We have to have our eye on the on the very distant future. We have to be an, uh, a visionary, but we also have to be focused on what are we going to do today to get us one step closer to that uh, that long term vision. And that that's hard. That's a that's a big challenge for, for for all of us. Yeah, no, that's good. I I completely agree. Now, so where can people find out more about your stuff? First of all, before we go on to the next question. Yeah, sure. So my home on the web is is tristanwhite.com.au. So T R I S T A N w-h-i-t-e dot com and dot a-u because i am down here in australia ah tristanwhite.com.au i'll make sure i put that in the show notes sir you are not all business though can you tell me more about what you did to find that balance yeah absolutely so, so uh Teo, I, i'm a family man i'm I've married got three little kids and um and a few years ago uh we made a commitment to actually move out of the big city of uh, Melbourne, which relative to your big city of uh, New York City, Teo, is, is not a big city. But uh, all the same, uh, we, we moved out of the city and we moved down the coast to a teeny little town that's about two and a half hours from, um, from Melbourne. And so, Teo, I work from home two days per week so I can drop my kids off at school and kinder and, um, and, and, and be as close to them as possible and then – I leave home early one morning. I head off. I go to Melbourne. I need if I need to be in Sydney or Brisbane or Adelaide or around the country that um, that is Australia that we've got work in, and then I'm back. So I spend three days uh, obsessively working with my team at the physio co, and uh, but and I, I certainly work from home two other days of the week so that I can be much closer to my to my family. And it's um it's a balance that works for my family. It's a balance that works for me. And it's a balance that, that works for the team as well, because I think it's important as leaders that we support our teams, but we also give them space to, to breathe and to learn and to execute. And by me not um, being in the office two days a week is, is a way that we can do that. So, yeah, that's um, that's part of the balance that, uh, that that we make work, Taya. Yeah. No, I love it. <laughs> that's, and that's really important. And I wanted you to talk about that just because, you know, sometimes 
you know, I'm guilty of this. I'm the guy that says up before you, up after you. And, you know, so it's, I've, I've come to realize that there is some need for balance once in a while. And I know that as I continue to grow older, it would definitely be something that I should, uh, should look to. So I'm glad that you shared that. Um, (laughs) Australia. I, I love Australia for many reasons and I have never been there. It's one of those countries that I, I hope to go to. I'm a big tennis fan. I, you know, my, my sports uh, season starts with the Australian Open. Um, I have a huge Pat, Patrick Rafter was one of my first favorite athletes. And I've always been fascinated by the country. What about Australia is it that people don't know? I mean, everybody thinks kangaroos and all that. But what is something that will surprise people listening today? Uh, well, possibly, Teo, something is that, that um, and I, maybe this isn't super exciting, but, but something people always think about Australia, about the, the animals, and yes, you've touched on that, but they always think about the beaches and the beautiful, warm, sunny weather. Yeah. And um, we often, the, the, um, Sydney and, and Brisbane and the Gold Coast get lots of attention, and they are beautiful parts of this country. Uh, but I, I personally live in the south of Australia, in the, the southeastern part of Australia, down in Victoria, and we get some. We've got some beautiful beaches and some southern weather, but it's much more rugged down here. It's much, uh, and, and I'm talking about the the climate. In winter, it is cold, and it's um, but it is beautiful, and it's not cold enough to uh, to, to snow at um, certainly down to sea level. We we have some some um, snow villages. But um, but this southeastern pocket of um, of Victoria, Australia, it's just a beautiful part of the world. But it's very rugged. It's got rolling green hills that uh, that then flow down to the to the beautiful beaches. But it's that's very very different looking to what um, many people might think of as the, the the sunny beaches of the Gold Coast and the Great Barrier Reef as well. So yeah, yeah that's there's there's some different parts of the country which is which is still equally spectacular. Yeah, no, well, well, break it down to me. So in Australia geography. You have the north, south, east. What is that? How is it? You know, or is there like a big desert where people don't live as much? Is there a populated area? Uh, you know, Adelaide, you know, Melbourne, Canberra. Yeah, yeah. I'm very yeah, interested. Ab- absolutely. Sure. So it's a it's a very large piece of land, a huge island that is Australia, um, but the central part is very hot, very dry, and very uh, very empty. There's really very little, um, very little people living in, in the vast majority of the centre of Australia, and all the a vast majority of the population is on the eastern seaboard, eastern coast. And so, from the eastern, um, from the north northeast of the country, we've got the Great Barrier Reef, Great Barrier Reef in the top top right, the top east northeast. And um, there's beautiful towns like Cairns and Townsville in, in the state of Queensland. Then we come down to Brisbane, which is the capital of, of um, Queensland. Mm. Keep coming further south into New South Wales, the state of New South Wales, which has got Sydney, which is a beautiful city, and it's um it's our most our populous city. Most people live in in Sydney. Come further south down to Melbourne, and then we we move um, around the, the the bottom edge of the country, the uh, the south southern coast, and, and we get to Adelaide, which is um which is on the coast uh, in the middle of the country. And finally, on the southwest side of the country is um, the, the the city of Perth, and um, but all the population, relatively speaking, nearly everyone is on the on the eastern seaboard or around around in Adelaide or in Perth. And so there's this huge part of the country 
that is uh, that is dry and there's nothing much going on in the middle there, um, uh, tail, and it's hot as hell. <laughs> Oh, man, you have no idea how, how much I'm geeking out about this because I, I love travel. I love all these uh, cultural exploration. So this definitely Australia is definitely at a bucket list and I must head over there and there's so much to do. And um, I definitely would, would love to, uh, to explore your country more. Do you have any country like that that you want to go to that you haven't been to? Yeah, look, I have. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I've been to all states, all the states of Australia so far. Um, but, but in terms of exploring overseas, I, I've been to a few of the major cities in your country of the United States, uh, uh, Teo, but I would love to explore more of the United States and, and, and North America. It's a, it's, a, it's a country and a continent that I would, um, I would love to spend more time in because the one thing that fascinates me about America, Teo, is that the size of, of the geography, the size of the land is not um, not that different to the size of Australia, and yet here we've got so much empty space and so much nothingness in the middle of our country, <laughs> and you have got people and cities absolutely everywhere, and that is a, that is an interesting uh, that is an interesting experience for me. So, so US is on my list, but also I'm fast, I've been to China a number of times, and I am fascinated by uh, the 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 country that is China. And I'd, um, I'd, I'd love to explore that some more yeah. as well. All right. Well, hey, hey you, hopefully we both get to live out our exploration dreams. But uh, Tristan White, no, it's been really, really great talking to you on the show. Before we go, though, I always ask all my guests this. Uh, the mission statement of my podcast and the company and everything that I do is use your difference to make a difference. And it's my dream to inspire the next set of global leaders. And I feel like if we learn mm -hmm. how to use our differences to make a difference, we're on our way to do that. So... How do you, Tristan, use your difference to make a difference? Mm. Uh, so here's the thing, Teo. I love that, by the way. Uh, use our differences to make a difference. And the thing that uh, that I uh, so so maybe a quick quick story is that um, I, I launched my first book just last week. A book called Culture Is Everything, which is um, which which outlines this system we've been talking about. And I, I wasn't sure how to launch it. I, um, I, do we have a physical launch? Do I have it in at my business in Melbourne? Do I have it at home in my local community where I live? I, I wasn't sure what to do. And I ended up, Teo, having this online book launch where I, I created a Facebook event and I invited a whole heap of people and um, I actually went Facebook Live, uh, live video for about an hour talking about the book, interacting with some people and, and going online to, to really to, to launch the book. And and when I decided to do it online, I had no idea whether it was going to be one person watching the live video, which might have been my, my, my wife or my mum might have been the only people who showed up uh, or not. But, but Taya, we had a whole hour of interaction and that video was viewed by, by over 5,000 people and news feeds of, of over 17,000 people um, wow. via this, uh, this online book launch, which was phenomenal. I, I, just, just, I was blown away by the fact that, um, that people were interested and they clicked like and they shared into their feeds and more people joined in the, the launch party. And, and I, here I was uh, launching my book with a beer in hand and sort of celebrating it because it was a party and uh, it was a bit of fun. And, and I tell you that because I think – the difference that I've got is that uh, is that I'm I'm obsessed by creating a great organisation and and but I'm obsessed by sharing what I do and my learnings with the world to make a difference in the lives of other people. 
So I'm just doing what I'm doing, but I'm documenting it and I'm, I'm writing about it. I'm blogging about it and I'm, I'm, and I'm writing books and, and putting into um, podcasts and videos because the differences that I'm learning and growing are, are not just for me. They're for the world to learn and grow and to create more great places to work. And so I think that's the difference that I've got that's, uh, that's making a difference in the world, Taya. Love it. Love it. Please tell us where to uh, get your book and what to expect from it. Yeah, sure. So it's um, the book. You can find more about it at my home on the web, which is tristanwhite.com.au. But of course, um, uh, you grab your Kindle version at amazon.com. And, um, and, and quite simply, Teo, it's called the story – sorry, the, the title is Culture is Everything, which is part of the system we've talked about. But the subtitle is the story and system of a startup that became Australia's best place to work. And so in there, you're going to hear the startup story, you're going to hear the struggles, and you're going to hear how this Culture is Everything system has been embedded into the PhysioCo and how you can learn – to, uh, to create a great place to work. So the skills and the confidence to, to really build a strong culture as well, that's what this, uh, this, this little book's all about. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, Tristan White from tristanwhite.com.au, and I'll make sure I put the links in the, in the uh, show notes. But thank you so much for coming on the show. It's truly been a pleasure, and thank you for spending the time. You're welcome, Tayo. Thanks for having me. Pleasure is mine. Ladies and gentlemen, till next week, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 